Thank you for joining us on another episode of We Watched Watchmen. This is the Comics Pals podcast where we review, analyze, cover the latest episode of HBO's Watchmen. And because this is episode 9 of our show, that also means we are covering episode 9 of Watchmen, which sadly, or maybe not so sadly, is the finale of the show. This week, I am joined, as always, by Kale. How much blue paint you think it took to cover that dude's dome? And how do you think they did it? A lot. Yeah. How? You think they just dunked it in the paint jar? No, it was delicate. What? I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, they gently, you know, he just kind of crouched down over it. and <laughs> Or do you think it was like a, you know, a gentle paintbrush? My question is, did they do his balls too? Had to have, right? Yeah, that be it would stand out, and of course we are joined as well by Marco. Uh, joined? Um, don't you mean featuring Marco? No, still no, not. No, not 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 at all. Actually, uh, <laughs> so this episode had a lot of things that it needed to cover in an hour and nine minutes. I think it was, which is long, but uh, this show set up a massive finale with so many questions. Uh, some big, like, what the heck is the Millennium Clock? And some small, like, who the hell is Lube Guy? And actually, as it turns out, we have an answer to almost every question that the show set up. And I think... Including Lube Guy? Yes. Well, if you go by the spoiler I got first thing when I opened Twitter this goddamn morning, <laughs> yes. But then, after watching the episode, no. So, hey, you know what? Fuck the internet. All right. Now that your rant <laughs> is over with, um, what did you guys think? Did, did, did they stick the landing? I think that was a bigger question than any. Did they stick the landing? I I think they did. And I, I know that I was, based off the episodes I had seen, I was hopeful of that. And I do think that they delivered. Um, it wasn't the ending I was expecting and maybe one that... We'll we'll get into, but I I feel sort of bittersweet about, and yeah, I mean otherwise it was a really great episode. Uh, it the way it tied everything together and the the way it introduced not introduced the way it kept it all wrapped up in like you still had to figure it out to the end. Like even though it, every, even even though everything was like unraveling and being pieced together, you still had this larger end that you're just like, what's going on? What's going to happen? Like, what is the idea? So yeah, it was a lot of fun. How about you, Kale? Yeah, I think I I think I agree. It wasn't um it wasn't landmark television mm-hmm. the way other episodes in the series were. But I think I think it did stick the landing, and I think that's what's important. And I think it succeeded in that. Yeah, I I totally agree. I, I actually I feel like this episode caps the season off in such a way that I'm confident in saying that this is easily a top three to five best seasons of television I've ever seen. Uh, and I know that, you know, that, that encompasses a lot of television and, and, you know, there would be a lot of deliberation, but I think this has to be up there. It, it doesn't, it doesn't miss for me. Um, not not this season, not at all. And and you know, I want to talk about this episode and how it kind of 
does answer all the questions that we had, starting with Lady True's origin, which mm-hmm. was the one that they saved for last in this episode. And it's very wise that they did that because of how big of a spoiler it is. So, you know, as we learn, her mother actually worked for Ozymandias and she was a refugee from Vietnam. And she 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 was, you know, one of the cleaning people, but she happened to know the password to his computer, which unlocked a treasure trove of sperm. Jeez. Okay. Uh and she was actually injecting herself with this. Uh she decided that she wanted to have a baby by Ozzy and become a millionaire. I Very fucking wise. <laughs> he's he, so he says uh that's not possible I've never laid with a woman and I went I fucking knew it <laughs> Ozymandias is a goddamn virgin yeah he's a super villain he has more important things to do he's a super virgin hey hey <laughs> um so I have brought it up the possibility because Mariana actually threw that out there like as as a as a theory, and she turns to me and she goes, "I knew it. I told you." I was like, "Okay, all right, sure." It was wild. You got it. I I said that she was either going to be the daughter of Doctor Manhattan or Ozymandias, um way back when, because of how super intelligent she was, and she right. have a reverence for Ozzy because she had that that statue of him in her house and stuff like that. I'm really glad that they went down that road because it does tie it does tie things together really neatly. Um does it like could it could the show have worked the same way if she wasn't related to him? If you tweak some things, I guess so. But I think it's better that she was. I, I enjoyed that a lot. That was a really cool reveal. And I think the way they did it worked really well too. Like it wasn't yeah. just like, oh yeah, he had an affair at some point and blah blah blah. It was this was out of his control, and right. now he has to deal with it. Exactly. And his response was such an Ozymandias response to, like, oh, okay, whatever. You're not, I'm never going to call you my daughter. And if you want anything from me, I'm going to offer you what I did, which was nothing. Go make it on your own and prove that you're worthy. And she did just that. Did she? I don't think she did. Yeah, like, she did. Like, in actually, like I think that's what sets her apart is that she didn't. What do you mean? So she comes to him with her fortune and her knowledge and whatever, and then she goes to uh, Ozzy. He doesn't give her anything, but she proceeds with whatever plans she's got. Yeah, so she made it on her own. But she didn't come from nothing, is what I'm saying. When he when he was born and his family died or whatever he allegedly gave away everything went and traveled the world came back and then built it by himself with his bare hands well her mother was a was a a janitor right so what did she come from like she came from nothing whatever fortune she had when she went to ozzy the assumption you're supposed to make is that she made it on her own because they show her mother has nothing and she certainly didn't inherit anything. Yeah, it's she. She got there in order to ask him for the money because she didn't have it. 
initially like, like she she was she was poor so being rejected just led her to fuck it I'll, I'll do it yeah so i i really i really liked that and you can see that as a as a character she was affected by him hit the rejection uh that she got from her dad uh that that did bother her but it also inspired her more fiercely to go down this path of trying to get Dr. Manhattan's power, which is what ultimately her her plan all along was, was to do better than what he did. And that's a recurring theme throughout this episode in particular, mm-hmm. is the recognition that Dr. Manhattan was kind of just a bad god. Like, he wasn't a very effective god, he wasn't a good god, um, and he certainly didn't help uh, really anyone uh, during his tenure. Uh, so she says it, uh, Lady True does, and so does Will Reeves a little later on in the episode. And it made me think of Dr. Manhattan in a different way. He kind of sucks. <laughs> he's very cold. He is. Well, yeah, he's a human who got turned into a god. I think at some point, maybe he would have been able to reach actual good god status. But, you know, in like the timeline of like he was he was only a god in the lifetime of a human maybe two you know right. so yeah he's he's still a learning god is what i'm trying to say he'd be bored like like that that essentially was the theme was just like he he gods get bored it's yeah. just, it's not things are trivial regardless of how important they are to other to, that might be to other people but at no point does he, you know, because Lady True said she's going to remove all the nukes, solve world hunger. You know, those things are never things that are really addressed. He doesn't do any of that. And it's it sucks. And I, I like that that was addressed here because it's totally true. And it's, you know, that very comic booky with great power comes great responsibility. And here you have a god who shrugged off all that responsibility and just kept the power. Mm. Um, so I, I really liked that. But of course, as, as Ozzy would, would say later, you know, Lady True's intentions sound great, but there's going to be a cost with every positive thing that she does do for the world. And so she needed to be stopped. We do flash forward and get to see what Ozzy's ultimate plan was and something that uh was was funny because he he a ship arrives for him on Europa to 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 you know take him to earth and he has to do battle with uh with uh the the what's he called the game the, the game master the, the game master the game uh, warden the game the warden. warden yeah game warden and he defeats him and we get a line that i really liked uh the game warden asks him why did you make me wear this mask? And he mm-hmm. says, because masks make men cruel. And for those of you who pay a lot of attention, uh, that is a very, very, very similar line to the one that Jeremy Irons as Alfred delivers to Batman, in Batman vs. Superman. So I'm not sure if that was a little nod to Zack Snyder's work because he's tied into Watchmen or, you know, what that was. But it was very specific, you know, the word cruel, the mask stuff. I, I thought that was really interesting. But then um, beyond that, he tells him, I needed someone to be my sparring partner, essentially, for eight years that I was going to have to be here. 
because he knew about the satellite. And Kale had actually called that out um, on the episode where we see him write the note mm-hmm. with the bodies. Uh, so he was waiting for the moment where True would see that. The other thing that Kale called out was that we saw the letter D, but not the rest of the word. And of course, it turned out to be daughter. He spelled out say oh. be daughter. And that was why she went and, and, and saved him. Uh, initially, of course, we all thought it was Dr. Manhattan. So Ozzy comes to Earth. Ooh, and... sorry. Can, oh, yeah, we, can we finish that quote? So he says, uh, the game warden says, uh, have I been a good uh, nemesis or whatever? And just as he's about to die, Ozzy goes, no. And I went, I went, fuck. <laughs> it was funny, too, because the game warden had this look on his face like he was totally about to get that affirmation. He <laughs> yeah. yeah. did not. <laughs> I, I, I did just want to say, uh, random, random note, but the, the nine episodes on, on your screen, they build out to see, like, to show the nine panels. Huh. That's it. Each one of the episodes, and each one looks like a panel from like a comic uh, page. That was it. I would. I would need to. I would need to look. Like, are you looking at that on a laptop screen or? Yeah, like, like we do it on the, on the TV. And if you put it pull it up on the TV, it the, all the episodes come out in a square and the the nine <laughs> panels, the three by three. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. On my TV, I, on my TV, I never saw it that way. But I would love it if you could take a picture. Yeah, and share that because that's really cool. That's a cool fun fact. One more thing, <laughs> just quickly. Um, when uh, Lady Beyond, older Beyond, uh, was preparing to inject herself with uh, Adrian's Ozzy uh, uh, Cum, she says she seems like a, um, a li- what sounds like a almost like a, a hymn, like a, a Chinese hymn of some kind or something. Oh, a folk song, I guess, is a She's little Vietnamese. bit. Vietnamese. An Asian-inspired folk song. Um, but um, one thing she says very specifically is that she she will not be a slave to generations. She will not be a generational slave. Something to that effect. Yeah. And when she does that, she... she as she's saying it, the the needle or the injector is off screen. But when she says it, she brings it up, and I thought, "Oh, clever!" Yeah, uh, you know, it goes back to something we what we've been talking about this entire show, and in a lot of ways, that decision on her part freed her would have freed her entire fu- the future generations from enslavement or from living, you know, poor or whatever. Unfortunately, Lady True's ambition was too big and she had to die for it but um yeah she had the right idea (laughs) um so before we move on with the whole ozymandias storyline shifting from europa to earth do you guys feel like all that europa stuff was worth it for eight episodes i think it was just trying to Mm, that's a good question i i was going back and forth on like how much i really enjoyed it thinking back on like everything it was it was wacky and it was obviously trying to be that comic book in the middle that uh the the the, the, was it the black 
Tales from the Black Raider. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was trying to emulate that, but like, I don't know. I, I, I'm still going back and forth on it. I have mixed feelings about it. Like, some of it, yes. Some of it, no. It did feel like it dragged on. I think is is a general is like something I can say generally about it. But I don't know. Uh, Jess did not like it. Yeah. She uh, she was very adamant as we finished the show that uh, she could have used a lot less Adrian. Uh, but she also just straight up hates that type of character. So I know that about her. She could have used a lot less of him throughout this show or in this particular episode. Both. Got it. Um, I, however, I think I did like it. Um, I think, I think what I, I didn't particularly like his role on Earth. Why? Especially in between the moments where he's just, well, especially in the moments where he's just watching. Got it. Um, I liked, ultimately I like the sequences we got with him on Europa, but they were not necessary. And Hmm. I think in comic books, for me anyway, it's a little bit easier to accept what they did with the the Black Freighter. Because you can totally read Watchmen without the Black Freighter and you get it. And, it you know, it's there. Um, it adds something supplemental to it. If you, you know, if you pay close attention, you'll understand what that sequence is trying to say. And it's great. But with the Ozzy stuff, it doesn't feel like there was some greater message or anything to those sequences. They were just wacky, zany stuff you know, um, sequences that kind of break up the rest of the, the rest of the story uh, and and are kind of like breather points. But I don't feel that they were that additive. Like it was cool, I guess, to see Jeremy Irons doing wacky stuff. And it's clear that he was having a great time with it. And uh, if you listen to the Watchmen podcast, you can tell that that was one of the things that they were most excited about doing. And it was Mm -hmm. the stuff that they actually shot first. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they were totally jazzed about it but i don't know if i don't know if that was all required and and i think i could have done without it but i enjoyed it it was fine did you get anything out of it yeah i mean you guys disagreed with me but my reading on those scenes was that what we were learning is that he's guilty he feels guilt over what he did and the reason why he fights so hard and keeps reiterating the same exact point over and over again that he saved the world is because he can't allow himself to face the fact that he really did commit a a, a horrible crime no matter what his intentions were uh, that's my read I, I understand that you guys don't agree with that and we don't even need to readdress that argument but uh, that's how I feel about it and that's what I got out of it let me let me I th- I might agree with you on on some level. I think what I feel like he he got out of that experience, I think his arc is uh, to be humbled. Um, and, and that guilt could be um, associated with that. But I think I think his arc here is is that he needs to be humbled so that he can get to a place where he will use the bodies to 
call Lady True daughter to come back to Earth mm. to have the idea to, you know, uh, drop the squids again. And then, you know, immediately become Ozymandias again to be humbled again and put down. Well, even even thinking about it from the religious aspect, like to that point, it'd be penance. He, he's in there until he can finally come back and 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 re- repent for those those sins and be able to to ask for help. Yes, the problem is that, as he says to the game warden, he already knew that he had to be there for eight years. Right. So it was less about like a journey that led him to do that, and more about him passing time to do that because he was always going to. Um, but you know, at any rate, I like I said, I think that that stuff could easily have been taken out of the show if his first appearance was him being brought back from Europa. You could easily do like like I think all the stuff that they showed with him speaking with Dr. Manhattan, um, I think it was last episode and all that. All that was cool, but just literally the stuff of him, you know, sending these people away and having them die and all that jazz, like, uh, fine, whatever. You you could have done that in a lot less episodes, I think. But moving on, he does make it to Earth. And you can see that Lady True very much wants him to be present to watch her achieve godhood. I think in a lot of ways, it's because of, you know, kind of showcasing what he wasn't ever able to do. Um, And you really feel her arrogance, even in the flashback sequence where she's telling Mm -hmm. him, like, you know, I'm going to save the world the way you didn't. I'm going to you know, get rid of all these nukes and everything else. She just really, really has a chip on her shoulder. And it's funny because I think a lot of people, including us, felt like she was more on the heroic side going into this episode. But you clearly see very early into it that she she's not. She has her own agenda that, you know, sounds great, but we don't know how that would have ultimately resolved. The reason why I say it's funny is because the first time we ever see her, She's buying the property from the Clarks and gives them a baby and says, well, if you don't take this deal, I'm going to kill this baby. (laughs) And she then says she's joking, but I don't think she was. And like the way she was introduced, she's clearly not a good person, but we all got duped. She became my favorite character. Cool. I like that. Like, especially this last episode, like where you see the intention and like the drive I was like hell yeah. yeah she's down to get shit fucking done <laughs> i like her a lot as well yeah I-, I think actually all the the characters who are introduced into watchmen lore through this show are, are pretty cool yeah yeah I-, I agree with that so angela of course is trying to you know trying to find her way to uh, intervene in what is the 7th Cavalry's agenda to kill Dr. Manhattan and take his powers over. We get a long speech from Senator Keene about, you know, kind of revealing his the, the, the plan, what the plan has been all along. And I was really grateful for this speech 
because I felt like it was necessary. There were some beats that we weren't clear on. Like, for example, how did the 7th Cavalry know that Dr. Manhattan was Cal? Uh, That was something that we had no awareness of. And I thought maybe Lady True was in league with them or, or something like that. But as it turns out, it was actually a seed that was planted earlier on. Which is simply that because Cal and, and Angela's lives were in danger, his Dr. Manhattan powers activated. And because he wasn't in full control of them, the only thing that he was able to do was zap the, the guy who was about to murder Angela away. He got sent to New Mexico, and that was the tip-off that Cal had to be Dr. Manhattan because no one else could have done that. That was a really cool reveal. I, I, I really like that. It It made everything just like clicked yeah. uh, and, and it did it in a way that didn't feel cheesy or didn't feel like they tried to like really force something it's like no this organically happened like they had a plan and this was just something that they're like wait a minute opportunity it fell on their lap yeah right exactly and you felt that you felt that so i i, enjoy, I enjoyed it a lot and then the the other big uh revelation was that the judd angela relationship was always fake that was that sad. Ju- yeah, that, that bought Fucking me out. Brutal. Yeah. So Judd was straight up just a white supremacist, 7th Cavalry douchebag. Nash Bridges. Yeah. How could you? How could you? <laughs> <laughs> what? A, a man like that? I can see it. I hate. That's me too. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the racism angle on this show there was a, a, a period of time where I was thinking, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I was thinking like, I don't see how this matters. You know, like racism is a big deal or whatever, but like in the grand scheme of, you know, gods and, you know, heroes and everything else, how does this fit in? And I think that they actually landed in a place where it made absolutely total sense. Mm-hmm. If you guys recall, there was a, a, an episode where I was saying I didn't get why Keen didn't just lay in the cut and not do 7th Cavalry racist stuff if his plan was to become Dr. Manhattan the whole time, this episode reveals that that was not always the plan. Like Marco said, it kind of just fell into their lap. So that that explained it for me in a way that was pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Also, Will's inclusion into the story, him sort of saying, listen, I don't care about any of this other stuff. I want these guys dead. It's the fulfillment of his goal that he had when he was hooded justice. Yep. So so it makes perfect sense. And he was able to actually use, well, I guess you could say Dr. Manhattan used him, but he was able to use Lady True and, and, and work out a deal with Dr. Manhattan to where he got his wish. And I, I love that. Uh, to be honest, actually, Will is my favorite Watchmen character. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with that. And I think he I, he might be, even when he was only hooded justice and not Will Reeves as we know him, he might have been my favorite character in the first place because he he's the only character you see who really, who really sort of does something that's actually noble and helpful. You know, he stops a rape. That's, right. that's you know, that's a quantifiable, like, genuine good thing to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't have any shitty, intent, you know, side effects like killing three million people. <laughs> um, well, to that, then, well, and and to you know, and this show really adds like the the whole background for Hooded Justice that that makes it even more meaty and 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 worthwhile. Yeah. And when you think about his character and what you laid out, juxtaposed with every other Watchmen character, particularly the ones who suit up, they do what they do. I don't want to say impurely, but they have ulterior motives and agendas that aren't related to just like helping people. Whereas Will Reeves, he wants to stop racism and stop mm-hmm. people being harmed. That's all he cares about. The only character who does that as well, allegedly, with all the material that we have that we know of, is Hollis Mason, the original Night Owl. Yeah. Even even him, though, right? Like, there was a thrill attached. Like, he got... And not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but, like... Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I liken him to Dan and, and Laurie in that they enjoyed it. They got off on it. It was it, it was something for, that they were doing for themselves as mm-hmm. much as, if not more than, they were doing it for others. Whereas Will, we can see that this is not good for him. He has yeah. to hide his identity yeah. as a as a you know as a black man. Yeah. Um, it yeah, it destroys right. his family life, but he keeps doing it because and look, he does it till he's ninety something years old yeah. because this is what he has to do with his life. And to to what you said earlier, between like uh, juxtaposing it, uh, I I had a similar thought in juxtaposing it to like the white supremacists themselves and how they were clamoring for power, but the like lower class they're just looking out for each other and the good of humanity and there's like a good juxtaposition there and that goes back to if you guys go back to that episode um we, we had a really good discussion on like how multi-layered he is now you can always take his angle a different way so that was sort of just like the spin that i had started to take it um again going back to just how dense that character is yeah and i actually even though you know we just broke down how Lady True probably was ultimately bad, I love the fact that she was the one that stood in judgment of all of these white supremacists because here she is, you know. Oh uh, yeah, yep. You know, filling in the blanks of her origin, a poor, you know, grew up poor, uh, Vietnamese, um, you know, immigrant or whatever. Like she's delivering this message on behalf of a black man saying hey you guys done messed up and you're gonna get yours now you know um i love that sequence as well and the reaction as well was really just well done i was like oh yep cool that's exactly (laughs) what they would do so yeah we we don't give a shit about your morals we're done evil yeah exactly yeah they they were vaporized and i was like well that's too fucking good for them i was hyped I was so happy when they got vaporized like that. I was hoping a little man, more. When my <laughs> man Keen <laughs> was just goo coming that, out of that now machine. That was good. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. You remember I called that too because we just we just did the uh, the the Watchmen book club, and there's a a, a panel 
um, where uh, Night Owl and Rorschach are in the panel, and and um, Adrian says, uh, "Yeah, we couldn't figure out the teleportation with uh, regular uh, organic matter. They just exploded on contact." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Yes. 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 You're absolutely right. Ah, I love the attention to detail on this show. Like it, yeah. it really, it really is just a good feeling, you know, mm-hmm. as someone who read Watchmen, to see that this show took such care to add those nods and those those like winks, and they don't take away from what you're watching at all. They enhance mm-hmm. it. A lot of yep. times, that's not the way it goes. You know, you watch some Marvel movies and things like that, and you know, sometimes it's like, okay, that's a little over the top. You know. <laughs> Um, right as a nod to the comic but it's it's not over and that subtlety really just plays to the advantage of the show and and to to viewers like us yep so uh yo it was fucked up beyon is her grandma and she knew how long do you think she knew well she i think she put it together herself she did she did but like when so, do you guys think uh, she had, like like had she already known when we were introduced to her, or like do you think it was as it was going on? I I think it was as it was going on. So she probably knew for about a month and a half, maybe. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Am I lost here? Beyond. Yeah. Is her yes. own is her own grandma? In, right. Yes. You know, because she's a clone, not a time travel thing. Right, yes, yes, okay, yeah. Oh, so you guys are saying, when did Beyond figure that out? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I think it was pretty, I think it would have been pretty obvious to her, given that, you know, she's a, a highly intelligent girl, and the dreams that she was having, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked how matter-of-fact that was laid out in this episode. Like, they didn't waste time with the, the hem and haw of like, oh my god, how could you do this to me? Blah blah blah. No, there whatever. was whatever. There was very little drama about it too. <laughs> yeah, <there was> a <laughs> he might say it. something. He right. see, he said something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a, yeah, and a big time family re- family reunion. Everybody was present for this uh, incredible, incredible moment where we get to see the end of white supremacy. But then things go haywire. Listen, white supremacy will do that. That, yeah, that's true. I I felt really bad for Angela. I really did. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, I mean, so Lady True's plan is to become God and destroy Dr. Manhattan in the process. She's successful in destroying Manhattan. And Angela has to watch him die, even though he teleports everyone else away, because he doesn't want to die alone. So he kind of forces her to watch this. Why didn't he move out of the way? For the same reason that he didn't solve world hunger and everything else. He just doesn't care. None so of it matters. He didn't care that he died? No, no that's I what think, happened. Well, I, yeah, I think there was that, you know, that Manhattanite linear time garbage. But I also think that Cage was messing with him. Yes, but I think... Uh, well, maybe Marco, maybe I'm misreading. I actually thought Marco was talking about why didn't he move out of the way of the, the teleportation beam. Yeah, that. that. By. Oh, to get there in the first place. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah, that was Manhattan's garbage time rules. Well, so th- and, and this was my my biggest gripe with the episode on the end of the show. I didn't like that Lady Chu didn't succeed. Dude, I get you were a fan of hers, but what do you think <laughs> happens after that? Interesting. Go like, on. <laughs> like I I I was because like the the villain is supposed to she's the smartest woman in the world. The the villain is supposed to have just done it. She was. You know, like like the additional thirty seconds of the countdown and the oh we have to prep the whatever and it takes ten like that feels like the comic booky stuff that the that the world of Watchmen wouldn't have allowed because that's exactly not what the villain would do. They they'd be trying to complete their their end goal as quickly as possible outside of her being narcissistic and and wanting to do it in a very pompous way, but like she would have pushed the button already. I don't think it's that she was being pompous about it or that she was monologuing or any of that. I mean, she definitely was, that's her personality, but I think so many things needed to be lined up in a very specific way that we had to, we, there was no moment where there could have been a 35 minutes ago. So I had Marco's feelings when I first watched it. I watched the episode again. And what I realized upon my second viewing was that there was literally no wasted moment on her, yeah. on her part. Yep. It was simply that becoming a god probably takes more than, you know, five seconds. Yep. And you do see the countdown, and you do see everything. And, you know, Ozymandias is wicked smart. And he, he, he figured out the one way to counter what she was doing in the amount of time that he had. And I think that if it was anyone else, you know, it, it, no one else could have stopped her but yep. him. And, you know, it's funny because she's the one that brought him there. But... You know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. If she had just left his ass on Europa, then she's probably God right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt really bad for Angela. And I really, I thought that that sequence where you can see Dr. Manhattan kind of like remembering or, or, or learning everything that she and Cal experienced together. That was one of the best moments of the entire show that flash that he has and then it's like oh my god wow you really loved me even when i wasn't me you know you stood you stood by me no matter what um and then he he loses the blue when you see cal again hmm. and they have that one last moment before he's gone i thought that was really beautiful yeah his his line there is astounding i'm seeing i'm seeing it and i'm being in it all at once yeah, like that's the 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 sheer intensity of that of that line is incredible. Yeah, Marco, did, you, did that work for you? It did, but I think at the end, I sort of felt that Angela's <laughs> character was selfish. Oh, uh, <laughs> why? Because she she wanted because she, she didn't let she, the bad guy win. Duh. Well, no, she got the. She was tempted by power, right? In in being able to to be with the this ultimate god and she was she was very fa- she was fallible right because like it, it again if you, it's an allegory you take it she 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 sinned she took for the the apple from the tree of knowledge right and are you talking about the egg part 
No, no, no. Uh, the well, the actually, no. Just the in terms of her falling in love with him, and like being and like, did you, like, and wanting to keep him. Okay. And not like understand that you can't be you can't constrain this thing. This isn't even even with love. Like it's it's a being that is impossible. Okay, I see where you're coming from. You know what I mean? But yeah, but like, let's say, like, you know, um, I would hate for this to be the case, and you know, forbid this. But if if your, you know, fiance was on the verge of death, you would want her to not die, right? And it wouldn't be because of what she can do for you; it would be because of who she is. And so, similarly, when she met Doctor Manhattan, she didn't even believe that he was really Doctor Manhattan in that bar, right? And she fell for him organically because of the man that he was, not because of what he could do. And so in that moment, I don't really feel like she was clinging to Dr. Manhattan. I feel like she was clinging to John. And I think that's what we were supposed to get out of it. In the same way that anyone would would have those feelings watching their spouse die. Hmm. Um, and then he does die. And I thought that was very fitting. I was glad that he died actually because dr manhattan is too powerful to live yeah uh and it's very difficult to write a show or write whatever with a character that powerful around when there's no one like him and so i was glad for that and they used it for for a very uh special moment you know i said on the last episode that those characters him and ozzy were like relics and they didn't need to be around anymore that's why it was so easy to tell the story while taking them off the board. And so they both kind of had to not be around at the end of this episode. And they're not. Yep. Um, would you guys think of, of... Sorry, Mark, would you have more there? No. Oh, okay. Would you guys think of, of Lori and and, uh, and uh, Looking Glass deciding Ozzy has to go to jail? That, whole that, was, a, that was a good moment. They... They have a good like chemistry. Yeah, like, I I would sit down and watch like a, a one hour true crime TV show about them. You know, mm. no, maybe not an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, but their chemistry was very very good, uh, especially in in that moment uh, in particular. Um, I think it's it's very very good and fitting that Laurie was the one to do it. You know, yes. it wasn't it wasn't Night Owl. It wasn't Rorschach come back from the dead. It wasn't you know it wasn't John. Yeah. Um. You know, I think I think the the one person who has seen sort of both sides of what Watchmen establishes as, I guess, vigilantism is the is the best way to put it. You know, and she was present when all that went down. After all these years, she's, you know, you got to think she's been beating herself up over what happened. So I imagine, I imagine this has long been dreamt about. And that that moment finally came was, had to have been very satisfying. Well, she says people change, right? So like, if if she was okay with it before, she... We know she's not now. Also, she was not empowered when that first happened. You know, like she had no ability to really 
because if she tells people, it sounds insane, right? She had no proof. Dr. Manhattan was willing to kill Rorschach to keep the secret at the time. And even even if she had made it and, you know, Ozzy was put on trial or whatever, uh, back then she probably would have been uh, considered an accomplice. Yeah. And to top it off, um, if she saw the logic at all in what he, you know, said, um, keeping the secret is in line with the whole theme of this show, which is that secrets are not great, right? Um, secrets hurt people, masking your pain, putting a veil over things is actually harmful. And so even though they did get peace, it was peace peace through a lie. So how peaceful is it really if one sentence could unravel everything that we have gained as a result of what we did here? You know? And 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 look at how the world has evolved since then. Are things really better when you have, you know, racial tension? That's as bad as it was in Tulsa, where you have cops being murdered, um, where you have a president who's been president for 30 years or whatever. Um, That's not progress. That's stagnation. And it's stagnation that was crafted specifically by one guy who, who did all this through stealth. And so I think what Lori's message there really by by saying, no, we're not going to do this anymore, is saying it's the time for masking ourselves up is over she took her mask off a long time ago she's an fbi agent now and i don't think that she wants to live with this guilt anymore i don't think that she wants to live a lie anymore and i think that she she's betting on the world being ready to know the truth uh which i really liked i i I love Lori. i love what they did with her here in this season and i think that for a character who didn't get a, a whole lot of stuff to do in the comic book she was really done right here, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hard to agree. I think she was probably probably my second favorite character. Yeah, show. I think so. So where does Angela rank, then? Fourth. Oh. So who's third? Will. So who's... Oh, right. First. You said Lady True. Oh, Lady True. Lady True. Uh, I'd probably put... Yeah, probably third. Yeah, I think I go third as well. I go, I go, um, I go Will Reeves, I go Laurie, and I go Angela. Do you guys feel like Angela was underserved at all in the later episodes of this season? Uh, yes, but for expository reasons. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, I think I think we need her at first as a point of view character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then once we get into the real nitty gritty of uh, of what's going on, and we start really getting questions answered, I think that's when we sort of get more narrative around her and for her. And that's for me, that's sort of when she becomes a Watchmen character, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah, to just a point of view character. So in a way, she becomes more solidified as a character, but less center stage yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and i i agree with that how did you guys feel about the way that like did you guys 
think that Ozzy's ultimate strategy of how he killed Lady True with the squids was lame? Yes. Because, hello, the light posts, the, the, the big-ass lampposts, they weren't broken, but her ship made out of whatever kind of new technology metal and glass wasn't? Nah, dude. A street light? Not. Nah, Don't buy it. <laughs> Show's wrong. Uh, I think for me, it 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 showed that sort of I think Ozymandias, genius and smartest man in the world, he may be. He's still a bit of a one trick pony. <laughs> that's pretty funny. You know it's what a I mean? Rerun. Yeah, it is rerun. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Yeah, Lady True calls him out on it, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like, it worked to you know to his credit, but. Still the same trick. Nah, I think justice for Lady True. <laughs> I think I probably ding any other show for something like this, but it was so good otherwise, and like everything was laid out well enough that even if Marco's probably right that that I don't know that the squid thing was enough, um, I'm gonna I'm giving it a pass in my mind because of everything else around it. So that's fair. My favorite scene of the whole episode was seeing Will speak with Angela. Yeah. And it ended where it began. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. It's like poetry, right? Um, it, it And it wasn't mystery old man speaking to, you know, hero slash cop Angela. It really was grandfather and granddaughter. Mm. And I, I love the honesty with which Will spoke, finally speaking plainly about his past. And, you know, that question of, did, when I put on the mask, did you feel what I felt? And she says, yeah, it was anger. And he says, no, it was pain. That was so powerful. Because, again, it's like these people, they put on these masks and they go out and they beat people up. And that's like, that's not a normal thing to do. You know, that's, that's a, that's a, something is wrong with you if you're doing that. And that it was hurt that drove him, that it was pain, that it was the fact that this, this, he lived in a world that rejected him because of the color of his skin so bad that he had to paint the outside of his eyes white so that he could even help people and not be persecuted for it. It's such a strong and powerful message that I really hope it it, it it hammers home for people who don't get it yet somehow what it's like to have to live as not a you know, not a white person in this world. You know? Uh I'm not trying to make this like a whole, you know, political thing or whatever, but that's that's the reality. And I was so pleased with how they delivered that message throughout the course of this show, but also specifically in this scene. But Sean I'm sorry for being white. Hey, it's all hey, good. As listen, as as the white person here, I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not about being sorry. It's just about um, like you know the experience of a minority as being different, that being different, and not different in a good way. Uh, the show to for the show to tackle that with such tact. Mm. Um, well. And I'm so, so glad that though Damon Lindelof has his faults, 
he was wise enough to open up the writer room to people who have lived that experience so so that it wasn't you know him aping off experience for profit or whatever it was you know he 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 saw the need to tell a story that wasn't his and so he used his platform to tell it and to allow other people to tell it he knew what he didn't know and he was smart enough to find people who didn't know yeah mm. yeah so yeah i mean that's pretty much the end of the show except for one major scene which of course is the scene that I think a lot of people are hung up on, which is you know we see Angela uh, eating this egg. That, for those of you who recall last episode, uh, she smashed the the carton of eggs on the ground, and she opens it up while she's cleaning, and there's one egg left, which of course harkens back to the scene where she spoke to Doctor Manhattan when he made an egg appear in his hand. Then explained that if he wanted to, he could give someone his powers by putting them inside of anything. If they were to consume that thing, then they would be imbued with some amount of his powers. And so she eats it, and she goes to walk on water. As Dr. Manhattan reminded her, it would be important for her to see him do that. Uh, last episode, he said those words, and right as she's about to either sink or, or sink or, 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 you know, not, the episode ends. It cut mid-sentence. How typical of HBO. Yes, exactly. And right before (laughs) the episode started, I was talking to my girlfriend, and I said to her, this episode's going to end with uh, Lady True on the verge, or uh, Senator Keene on the verge of getting the powers, uh, Angela trying to stop him and her about to get the powers, and Dr. Manhattan in the middle about to die, and that it would end, and the Watchmen logo would come up, and we'd never know what was going to happen. And that's not exactly what happened, but it's pretty close. So do you guys think she got the powers or no? Nah. I don't know, man. Did you see how she threw down those eggs? A whole carton of eggs doesn't keep one egg when they're thrown down like that. Every other egg was obliterated on the floor. Yeah. Absolutely. That's evidence enough for me that it was at least designed. Whether or not she got the powers, I think right. there is something in there that was intended. There is something in there that was intended and planned. So, I have an answer, and I used the rest of the show to inform what I believe is correct. So, I believe that she did get powers. I don't believe that she has Dr. Manhattan maximum level powers. I believe she has some level of power the reason why i feel that she was granted power is because of how often it's mentioned that dr manhattan did not do enough with the power that he had Hmm. uh lady true makes mention of it and so does will reeves now it would be great if someone else were able to do what dr manhattan could not do but that person would need to be someone who was humble and not a narcissist like Lady True is. Um, and they also couldn't be a megalomaniac racist like Keen. So in that regard, I think Angela is, is the perfect candidate. <clears throat> but in addition, 
Will seemed to have a kind of knowing about the way that he was speaking to uh, to Angela that gave me the impression that he had a knowledge of what was going to come. Uh, so, obviously he knew about the eggs because Dr. Manhattan mentioned it. But then also, when Angela offers him room and board for a couple of nights, he kind of like, you know, he says it in a way of like, yeah, whatever. He says, yeah, just a couple of nights. As if he knew that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, and so that made me feel like her getting the powers will influence her decision-making going forward and that she might decide that she needs him around. Um, so, in my opinion, she does get the powers. Is the answer relevant? Probably not, because I don't think they're going to go back to these characters with a second season if there is one, but I do believe she got them. Uh, so, that's it. <laughs> that wraps up the season. I was impressed. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that sort of sums up my feelings. I, I I was impressed. I wasn't sure what direction they were going, but what they what they gave me and, and laid out and the the twists and turns that it went through, like it was good, very very good. Legitimately, I have been thinking about this episode all week, and it's been a very long time since I've watched a show that's made me do that. And I can't believe it's Watchmen. Every episode of this show for me has been a revelation. Like I've, I've, like you said, I, I've sat around and thought about every single episode of this show before I saw it, after I saw it. I've watched each episode at least twice, mm-hmm. um, and I, it's been an incredible ride. Like from the acting to the, you know, the direction, some of the like. The, the risks, maybe not risks, but like some of the ways that they tried to do things differently with the with the nostalgia and, and you know, those episodes and the way that they shot that stuff was really great. The writing, the music, like from top to bottom, this show is uh, tremendous. And I'm really thankful that it got made despite what I'm sure was a lot of pushback and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there was a lot of trepidation, but it was worth it. Yeah. Now... There were some things, though, that the show did not answer specifically, and I want to go over those. So, the first one is that what was it that arrived at the Clark's place that Lady True wanted that she needed to buy the property to get? Anyone? Hmm. Oh. oh, the satellite. What satellite? No? What satellite? The satellite... Uh, that she sent out originally that caught uh adrian's message yeah hmm. i guess that's, that's possible i guess i'd always sort of assumed it was uh manhattan coming back to earth now that i think about it it doesn't make a ton of sense do we do we, do we know if it was in the same time like at the same time or was it like a couple years back we have no idea when that was hmm. well that I isn't that the land she uses to build her compound? Maybe it could be. Oh. My what I took was that where that landed was where she builds the the Millennium Clock. I, I I could buy that, but I'm I'm more concerned with what the hell that was. Yeah, you know, and and like I have no clue. I wonder if if 
we're even supposed to know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. My, I guess my, yeah, my assumption was uh, that it was Manhattan, and sort of the reason she knew it was there is, I guess it would be similar to to how she would calculate, uh, you know, if it was the satellite, how she would calculate where that was going to land. You know, so if Man, if Manhattan's coming to Earth. Then, you know, she wants him to land there. But then he would just teleport. Like, he wouldn't make a comet out of it. Yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't travel through, yeah. you know, that he doesn't travel that way. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know that we'll ever find an answer. I'm going to do some digging online to see if anyone has uh, thoughts. And if you have thoughts and you're listening, you can certainly write to us. At the comicspalgmail.com to let us know what you're thinking about that. The mm-hmm. other th- one of the other ones is the elephant. They never explicitly said what that was about. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. You uh, think yeah. that was you think that was like the polar bears in Lost? Um Just fucking who knows? It's, it's polar bears. Weird thing to put in a building, right? <laughs> Ultimately I think my answer was correct, that they were playing off the elephant's memory yeah. thing. Yeah, um, but uh, I think it's probably better that they don't explain it because it's like, well, people buy that explanation anyways, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last one is one that we do have an answer for, just not in the main show, and that's for the identity of Lube Guy. Lube Guy, <laughs> my guy, Lube Guy. So, would you believe me if I told you that Lube Guy? Is Petey? Yes. What? Yep. That was the spoiler I saw first thing this morning, and I—it's been legitimately that spoiler has been on my mind all day. That's I've been so walking cool. around carrying that in my head all goddamn day, <laughs> and the fact that because I saw it, I thought, oh, okay, cool, the show will deal with this. It fucking doesn't. And even even what we get is a little iffy. Yeah, through the PDP, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm real pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really clever. I like that. Yeah. Um I mean, do you do you have it pulled up, Kale, yeah. or should I read it? Okay, go for it. So I won't uh, I won't read the whole thing. Basically, yeah, uh Agent PD is fired. The circumstances of his dismissal are as simple as they are baffling. After defiantly refusing my direct order to suspend his activities in Tulsa and return to Washington, I had no choice but to instruct the field office there to relieve him of his badge. This is a a memo sent out by uh, Max Farragut, the deputy director of the FBI. Um, He continues, he says, uh, this is the final paragraph of uh, the memo. It says, uh, my understanding from Tulsa PD is that he has now gone missing. Given the simultaneous deaths of a U.S. senator and a prominent trillionaire, it would appear PD has taken it upon himself to continue the investigation despite our closing it. It's clear now from his memos that PD, parentheses, hero enthusiast, obsessive slash solipsist on the Wortham spectrum, close parentheses, is at risk for vigilante behavior, and most likely always was. Perhaps sooner or later, this task force will be investigating him. 
uh, solipsist. Solipsist? What did I say? Solipsist? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, six of one. I like how they randomly in this memo include, um, <laughs> include that, that <laughs> he's been reading or listening to, uh, Nine Inch Nails album. Oh, sure. <laughs> so random. But between this article and the prior one about fog, what was it? Fog, fog catchers. Fog catchers. You get the drift that PD was, um, that PD was, uh, the guy. Man. Yeah. I, man, that's, that's a thread I would be super interested to yeah. see continue. Cause the, the, what, the, the, the excerpt or the summary that was, uh, was on PDPDL last week is real fucking interesting. Um, and all, and we only get that five second clip of him running from Angela. Yeah, horseshit. Shoot, forget this Manhattan bullshit. Do something. Do something good for once. HBO. Yeah, your butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I think it's kind of cool that they resolved it without necessarily taking time away from what they clearly felt was more important material. Yeah. I think if you had an, an extra episode, you could have addressed this in some form or fashion. But um, I think it's a pretty cool treat for those of us who've been reading PDPedia. And ultimately, not that big of a deal. Although it's weird as hell if you were watching the show <laughs> and you just saw this dude lube up <laughs> and slide <laughs> under the, 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 the grating and then just not ever appear again. It was so wild. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think that's that's going to do it for us here. Um, but this isn't actually the last episode of We Watched Watchmen because we are going to do one more like wrap-up episode where we're going to talk about this show, HBO's Watchmen, in conjunction with and how this show sort of changes or how it fits in with... Watchmen the comic book and how this show affects Laurie the Laurie from the comics is it accurate does it work uh, as a as a you know narrative through line uh, and, and just kind of just as an addendum talk about how these characters meet their ends uh, because you know even though the show may not be canon it is as close to a f- sort of final word on Watchmen as we have so uh, you guys can expect that to come out from us next week. Hopefully you tune in for that. I would uh, also, you, yeah. sorry, I would also, during that episode, I would also like to sort of compare and contrast it with um, Doomsday Clock. Because yes. that also ends, uh, that will end this week, um, last week when, when, uh, when that episode comes out. Right, so we'll be able to take a look at all that stuff and... Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll be a good time. So if you guys want to check that out, make sure that you are staying tuned with us. Um, we've enjoyed doing this for the past nine weeks, and hopefully there's a season two so that we can do it again. But until then, until that time, uh, you know, you've got one more transmission from us in the Watchmen space, the HBO's Watchmen space. Anyways, 
And uh, if you want to keep up with the Comics Pals, normally we do a weekly podcast about comics and movies and all that jazz in the comic book space. Um, a lot of reviews and analysis and things of that nature. So uh, give our main show a spin if you're so inclined. And while you're doing so, leave us a like on your platform of choice. Uh, give, give us a review if you enjoy this or what you hear on that on our other shows. Uh, we've got book clubs, one for Watchmen actually coming out at the end of this month, so stay tuned for that. And if you want to write in, you can do so at thecomicspals at gmail.com. We appreciate your support, and uh, we will see you guys next week. So until then, take care, guys. I'm going to lube up and disappear in a sewer. Good riddance.